you ready? Let's go. Hello. How are you? I am great and so happy to be talking to you right now. Aw, thank you so much. I'm a huge fan of yours, and it was just only season one, and I'm hoping to see you in season two. Has it been um, picked up for season two? It's not been picked up for season two. Um, We won't know until actually after Monday, but what they're saying is that the ratings were so low when it first came out. But I found out we only got less than 2% promo Mm. on top of everything else. But they said if the ratings pop on Monday, then we will be offered another season. If it doesn't, then that's it for, I guess, music. No. Well, everyone tuning in. We sure are. Because everyone tuning in is going to tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend to watch the show on Monday so that we can get those ratings up. But this is one thing, you know, that I'm finding. Um, And I'm just going to put it out there because when I first started to promote you being on the show, I had compared you to um, Abby Lee Miller. And I definitely take that back. (laughs) I take that back because I I see your love and soul with these kids. But you you and Abby Lee Miller's Dance Mom is on the same network. And they promote the hell out of that show. But why aren't they doing the same thing to a black woman? I have a problem with that. You just said it. You just said it. I don't have to because you just said it. Hmm. Um, then, you know, I can't I can't get angry at the network for what they do or how they do it. What they what they feel like they're doing is they're giving their viewers whatever their viewers are. Right. They're giving them what they feel like they feel the viewers want. But if you never let them taste something else, you don't know really yeah. what they want because yeah. you haven't given them a chance mm-hmm. to choose. You force, how can I say, you force at them what you feel like uh, works, right. and you haven't given them anything else. What has been seen time and time again is watch the network. Um, after, there is no real um, soulful, loving um, show that depicts black people and uh, urban people in a good light. I'm sorry. Yeah. It just doesn't. Our movies even show us as all baby mamas, and we got drama, and we fighting, and we cutting up. We don't want it. Our, 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 um, our, um, our reality shows are snatching wigs off and, yeah. and don't want in each other's faces. Come on. All of us do not do that. And right. that is not a, a bird's eye view of who we really are. So for me, I stood for what I believed in. I fought for this show. I fought for uh, the wholesomeness of showing that, yes, we go hard on our kids, but at the same time, we, we help build them as well. So... This was a, a new, how can I say, a new arena for them. Right. Um, they had never seen, I guess, us in this light. And they felt like because the ratings were low that people didn't want to see us in this light. Right. I feel like if you had a promoter some more, um, then maybe people would have given it a fair chance. Even when the commercial came out, it didn't tell about what the show was really about. It was no. just me and the girls yeah. at the front. It did not show what we are yeah. or who, what we stand for. It just... You know, even when I saw the commercial, I was like, well, I love it. It's beautiful. It's glamorous. But what is the show about? Right, right. And, and, and so this is... Give, I don't feel like they gave me a fair shot. Um, I appreciate them 
going to uh, throw it out there and binge it on Monday. Yeah. Um, and th- like they said, if it does well, then they'll feel like the viewers really want to see it. So I need help. Yeah. I need everybody to give it a chance. It's not just for me. Uh, I don't want anybody to think that I'm asking for a chance for me because I do well. I do well at what I do. I have songs on radio charting right now. Mm-hmm. I do well. I'm married to a doctor. I'm a foster child that was blessed to marry a doctor. I have no mother, no father, no 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 mother, no father, no sister, no brothers. And I made it out of the ghetto. Right. I was raised in poverty. And so I know what it's like to be at the bottom. I've been at the bottom all my life and I fought to be where I am today. But this show helps me, gives me a platform to give these children a real chance. Not shooting anybody in the foot or talking bad about American Idol and all of those other shows that basically only pick the great of the great. It gives me a chance to help those that really need the help gives me a chance to show people that if you work hard enough, you can have anything you want in life. But if you don't give me a chance to show that or give somebody a chance, even if it's not me, then they're only going to put out there the best of the best. What about those kids that are killing themselves because they don't feel like they're good enough? What about those kids that, not just black kids, but white kids, uh, Hispanic kids, read the news. These kids are committing suicide over Instagram because their numbers are, people are not giving them enough light. But you get likes on those people who are already popular. What about yeah. the kids that need the chance? So true. I just want to help those that want that need the help. And if and, no one helps me help them, then here we go. Right, it's right. a lost cause. Well, you know, I, I definitely appreciate your candor and and your spirit and your energy. And hearing you talk, and I was going through your Instagram feed, and one of the the most recent videos that you posted, you were singing <laughs> along to Destiny's Child Survivor, and I was yes. just on the other side of my phone. I was just singing along with you, but that <laughs> speaks to you know everything that you've gone through, and you've alluded to you know you growing up in foster care, and there were some incidents of. of bullying now how did you get from your early beginnings and foster care and being bullied to entering into the world of entertainment how was that transition you know what I will be very honest with you with all the bullying that I endured um, it actually made me the woman that I am today yes Um, it hurt at the time I got picked on because my shoes they talked like the sole had detached from the top of the shoe. And so people didn't know that I didn't have any bushes. That's just honest. I shoot. All my clothes came from foster care. I mean, all my clothes came from Goodwill. And they had to pin them on me. And I had to wear them year after year. And so people called me a retard. But I was a straight-A student with straight because I talked too much. Which the talking too much got me this show. Yes. But I had a friend that I wanted somebody to like me so bad. That I had a friend that I, I, I titled her friend of me she wasn't my friend but she wasn't my enemy mm-hmm. but at the same time she became my friend of me which is the word merged together yeah. in my face she smiled behind my back she talked about me I was going to counseling because I had to do a lot of counseling because they thought something you know, at the time I would say I told the counselor why are you counseling me counsel my, my parents go find them and ask them mm. why did they give me away don't counsel me but it actually works for my benefit because it, I had to face a lot of those things later on in life, and I laughed at the counselors later saying things. But this friend of me knew that I wrote all of my issues and problems down in my journal. Mm-hmm. And I went to the bathroom one day, and she told the whole class about it, and they ripped all the papers out. When I came out, people were like, at uh, people, some people were covering oh. their mouth, some people were crying, some people were looking at me like I discussed them. It was so many different emotions in one room that it was, it was really disheartening. Hard. I flew down the hall running and crying yet again saying lord why was i born was i born just to be humiliated was i born just to be kicked on 
and he finally gave me my answer. Mm-hmm. I had a calling. Yes. And so this same friend of me signed me up for a talent competition. And the principal at the school had gotten so tired. I was at a really bad school. They had gotten so tired of having events for these children, us, and we would always ruin it to mm-hmm. the point that they said, you know what, this is the last time we're going to have a talent competition because y'all signed the list and y'all laugh because you don't come up on stage and blah, blah, blah. You put people's name on it, mm-hmm. names on it, so forth and so on. So she put my name on this list. Mm-hmm. And the principal said, if your name is on this list, I will make an example out of you. You will be suspended. Well, I didn't want to be suspended. What was I going to do? Go home and sit behind the foster, uh, foster home and play with the ants and the bugs in the ground? Well, right. I'll do better. I'll be in at school. Uh-huh. You know, so I was like, I don't want to be suspended of all things. Right. So she called my name. She said, Tamora, you're up next. I said, I'm sorry, but I didn't sign up for this. She said, I'm sorry. Your name is on here. If you do not, I will make an example out of you. Yeah. Now, the teachers and principals and the people who act like they... They didn't see what was going on and, and, and turned a blind eye to this. Knew that I was a foster child. Knew mm-hmm. that I was being picked on every day. They didn't protect me. Right. They didn't look out for me and say, well, she probably didn't sign up for this. We're just going to take her name off of it. No, they made me even more of a spectacle. Right. The adults did it just as well as the children. So I, I have no love for adults who say that some of them, who say that they're protecting the kids because you turn a blind eye when mm-hmm. kids out here suffering. Right. So... I got up there. What people didn't know is I had a hidden talent. I sang every single day Mm -hmm. because I had no friends. What I did was I wrote music behind the foster home. I would go behind the foster home and I would write little songs and I would make up songs about a bird in a tree. I'll make up songs about the ant that I may be playing with or the little roly-roly bug that I was playing with. Uh I sang every day. So I never forget, I got on that stage and I clenched my fist as tight as I could as tears rolled down my face. And everybody was sitting in the audience in front of my peers. They were all laughing at me. It was so loud. In my ears, to me, it was the loudest thing I had ever heard in my life. Mm-hmm. And they stood there and they laughed and they, they snickered and they cried, you know, as I cried. And I closed my eyes and I started singing Over the Rainbow. Wow. And I forgot as I got to probably past the first couple of bars that I was actually singing in the room full of my peers. And I didn't notice that it had gotten quiet. And I sang my heart out. When I opened my eyes, as tears rolled down my face, everyone was on their feet. Wow. wow. That was the first day of my life that I had ever experienced. And you, you caught love. on to that feeling. And I fell in love with the stage. I fell in love with how I could make people feel with just a song. Right. So I fell in love with music. So what was meant for bad actually forced me into finding my niche, mm-hmm. finding what worked for me. So then I made friends through music. I never met a stranger after that. I would go on the bus and I could see somebody sad and I would start singing. I could be walking down the street and I see an unhappy uh, elderly person and I would sit next to them and I would sing them a song. So I became this person that people would always ask, could you sing me a song today? So I would find the most inspirational songs that meant something to me mm-hmm. and I would master that song to sing to people. Even if they were about to do something mean to me, I just start singing. They would say, why are you singing? I said, because that's the only thing that makes me happy. Yeah. Music can and be so, so therapeutic. Music. It can be very therapeutic for people. Yes. Um, you know, I'm glad that you've you've created a space and a place for artist development. And what I'm yes. finding as I'm speaking to different um, artists who are on the charts, um, there isn't any <laughs> artist development anymore. Yes. Um, is no, that true? 
is that true that where is, when they're signing artists they're not putting them that through that development that existed in the 80s and 90s and why is that Motown happening? was known for that yes I can tell you it's a double-edged sword um no they're not doing it anymore the reason they stopped though is because of the people before the people who need it now and what happened happened is is like say for instance let's say you Let's say Motown decide they want to sign you, sign you, and you're 12 years old. Mm-hmm. Well, you're not ready, and they need to develop you. So they put a lot of time and energy and money into uh, artist development and coaches and vocal coaches and uh, um, dance coaches and all of this, getting your image together. They spend millions yeah. on getting you together. So we can't be just mad at the labels. That's what I'm about to say. Because they do all of this. And let's say you were 12 when they signed you, and now you're 16. Mm -hmm. But it's taken all of that time to get you ready. And now you're a beast. Like, you're amazing. Mm -hmm. And guess what you say? F the label. They didn't do nothing for me. Mm. And your mom says it. And your family go out, and they say, I was already a star. But you weren't. Mm -hmm. You were a star in the making. So labels got tired of putting all of that money and energy into people who go out. And once they make it, say, I don't owe you uh, $6 million. I was already somebody special. Mm -hmm. You get what I'm saying? So they got tired of that. So on the label's perspective, from the label side, because I I run a label, Mm -hmm. I have a label now. So from the label side, you put all of this time, energy, and money into building them up, only for them to come back and say, I was already that before you met me. All you did was put a little time into me. But time is money. And money is time. And you wasted my time with me building you up only for you to kick me in my teeth. So if if major record labels have gotten rid of that important piece of the formula, why do you think it's still important to include that with your artist development? Because it's so many artists getting out there don't know the music industry, don't know the ins and outs, don't know even how to handle a stage. Yes, they could, you could find a, a market burn on every corner in yeah. every city that you go to. You're in New York. I guarantee you, you can find extremely talented singers on every block. But guess what's stopping them? Your attitude sets your aptitude. That's mm-hmm. number one. True. You got to understand that it's a lot of people behind the scenes that will never get credit for helping you break into the music industry. Yeah. That's not fair. This interview that I'm doing, you are helping me. And I, re- I receive that and I understand that you don't have to inter- in- interview me. There are so many kids out there who are like, oh, you, I'm doing you a favor by being on your radio station. No, you're not. You know, it's so many aspects, so many angles from not just being able to sing, but being able to handle the stage, being able to control yes. your crowd, being able to perform. Yes. Even if it's just with your face, knowing how to perform. And one, more than anything, being humble. Don't, mm-hmm. don't, don't nobody owe you nothing in right. this world. So true. This generation is so entitled right now. Oh, please. That's I another. love them. But they're <laughs> but so very entitled. entitled. Very entitled. But, you know, just talking about this generation and being very, very entitled, you specifically focus on young children ages 7 to 17. So, how does that work with this whole new age of being entitled? And is that an easier demographic to work with as opposed to adults? You know, for me, it's easier because I like children. I love children, and I wish somebody would have taken the time to do the same thing with me. Mm-hmm. I don't pers- I, I don't like working with adults. I will. I'm not saying I'm dead set against it, but your mindset is already developed. You've already made your woes and, and, and your ups and downs. With these kids, they have a chance. Mm-hmm. And yet, it's very hard working with children. You know why? Because more than anything, you have to change the way they think. You have yeah. to get on their level. 
And I don't come easy with them. If you want to be a a hard ass with me, I'm going to be a hard ass with you. I'm going to give you what you're giving me. And if you don't like it, then stop giving me the medicine that you don't want to take. True, true. But you know, there's the the tough love. And this is what I I, I really love. And every single episode that I watched, Miss T, I sat down with my daughter. (laughs) And we watched it together. True story. She's here in the studio with me as well. And she was like, Miss T is coming. I'm like, yeah, she's coming on to the show today. We watched you you, every episode. You know, but with, with that came a tough love but through that tough love we understood that there was the most important thing of love there you know we saw the love resonate through you know with that so talk about a story where there was a parent who really didn't like you know the way that you were um, giving the development to your child to that child and how did you maneuver or navigate through that you know tough experience you know what I actually go through that a lot I bet you a lot of the parents have decided to be their kids' friends. Uh-huh. And there still has to be a line yeah. with you being your child's friend. You can't be a parent mm-hmm. and be a friend. Because being a parent, you've got to be the one to say those no's. Yeah. You've got to be the one to say stop. You've got to be the one that says, hey, that's not going to work. And when you're your child's friend and you let them do those things, mm-hmm. then you're going you're gonna to face those barriers every single day. Right. So then I come in. And I'm the one saying no. What I've learned from a lot of the parents, those kids that do more for me than they'll do for their own parents. And the mm-hmm. parents say, how do you get my, my child to do that for you? Because I'm not her friend. friend. Right. I'm not his friend. I am his coach. Mm-hmm. I, am, I am a parent. So yeah. no, I'm not going to say yes right. when I know the answer is no. I'm not going to say it's okay to go out there and do some things that I know is going to come back and kick you in your ass later. Right. And I'm going to talk to them like you talk to me. So you're sitting here saying, don't curse at my baby. Well, shit, your baby says way more than I'm saying to <laughs> What do you mean? Have you heard what your child said? Right. You know, I've had kids come in that were in gangs. I mean, oh. straight running gangs. Wow. And I'm like, you know, does your mother know you're in a gang? Mm. No, ma'am. She at work. Mm. Okay. So your mother doesn't know that you're not just in a gang. You're running the gang. Wow. Wow. I said, well, why don't you leave your gang to do something different? Uh And I've had them bring the whole gang over. Not the whole gang. And I've had to work with the whole gang and say, how about y'all do something positive in these streets? I'm not saying don't gang bang for those people that are doing you wrong, but what about helping those kids that are doing you right? How about we go clean up this neighborhood over here? Right, right, right. How about we go do that? Well, Miss T, why should I do that? Because you put it down, man. Right. And if you don't... Somebody's parent that is probably 60 or 70 years old that need a job is out here picking this paper up that you probably put down there. Yeah, yeah. How about we go do that? And they'll, they, as crazy as it sounds, do it for me. I'm sure they will because you know you just have that you know that <laughs> that mother auntie type of spirit. But you know we do have to close out this segment pretty shortly. But I yes. do have two quick questions. So you just okay. talked about how a parent wears the hat of you know you can't be the parent or the friend. Well, you're wearing three hats because parent, friend, and then the manager of your daughter's girl group, Karma. Absolutely. How do you live in that space where you're still her mother, but you're trying to take her girl group to the next level? How do you navigate through that? Believe it or not, uh, even though I say parents can't be friends, my daughter and her group, they're all my little best friends. But there's a line that we do not cross. It still leaves a barrier to understand. You could talk to me about anything. We could share anything. But at the same time, and you could give me your thoughts. Mm-hmm. And 
I'll even tell them sometimes when there are times when they want to break down and give me the real juicy stuff that a parent doesn't want to hear. I tell them, okay, give me five seconds. I got to turn into friend mode. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I tell them, I'm in friend mode right now. And then when I have to go back in and I have to wreck shop, I tell them, now I'm in I'm in management mode. So mm-hmm. I have to give my daughter barriers right. and her friends to know that I'm in management mode right now. And okay. before I even start any sentence, I tell them, get your mind here because this is where I'm at. I'm in mommy's mode right now. I'm in friend mode right now. So we that draw these lines. That makes They're sense. They're invisible lines that we share. Mm-hmm. But you're clear about, you know, okay, this space is, I'm the mom, okay, this space, I'm wearing the manager hat. Now, you know, one question is, you know, there's so many children who want to be in this whole celebrity music space, and there's so many parents who are looking at their child like, okay, when when auntie and and, and uncle come over, I need you to do that, that song that you sing so well. Now, if I was a parent just trying to usher my child into the world of entertainment, what pitfalls should I be looking out for? I would say the first thing that I've noticed that is a big, big hiccup to most uh, parents wanting to work with their children is what you want, what they want, and what the world wants. Mm. Because what you want, you may want your child to be um, the next uh, Ariana Grande. Right. What hell? She sings like T-Boss from uh, TLC. Right. So you're pushing her in a direction, and then her heart is more like a Beyonce. So mm-hmm. first, the first step is sitting down and really finding out what you want versus what she's capable of and what she wants or he wants. Because what they want is way more important than what you want. And all what you need to do is get on the bandwagon of where they want to go and just helping them get there in a safe way. Hmm. Now, is also having a lawyer important before you present your child to these music industry executives? I'm going to be honest. I would say no, because that's just money that you could be using to actually push their career. You don't even know if they're going to make it yet. True. So getting all this paperwork done up um, really scares a lot of industry people um, because they feel like, okay, you are already coming in with your guns loaded. And we don't even know what you're capable of. Right. You know, I get a lot of kids that want to come out and tell me, I I don't even put contracts on the kid until I know that I'm actually going to work with you. I'll work with you, but I won't sign you. Mm. I'll get you where you need to be. And if you trust what I'm doing, then it will be much easier for you to sign the paperwork. But pushing paperwork in front of a parent or a child who doesn't even know where they're going, they may not even do this 30 days from now, let alone five years after you put your time and energy into it. That's true. It may not even be as driven as you are. They got to want it more than you got to want it. That's true. So for me, I would say make sure it's a real artist and you have a real product before you start uh, bringing your guns loaded on paperwork because ones that I've seen like a Cardi B who have made it, mm-hmm. Cardi B didn't have an attorney. True. Cardi B went out there and did her thing. That's you know true. what I'm saying? That's true. And yes, she, a whole lot of people got paid before she got paid. Right. But that's what you got to understand. People want their money first. Mm-hmm. And if people are putting their time and their money into you, give them their money. Right, right. You'll make yours eventually. It's enough for everybody. It sure is. But I know, you know, they, they a lot of people tuning in, they definitely want a piece of you. Um, how can they be a part of your whole artist development school? Where can they sign up? Uh, I have a website that is called aramitacademy.com. Uh, Aramit, believe it or not, is my name spelled backwards. Like Oprah did it. I did it. I didn't too. even notice that. 
That's so true. Aromet is A R O M E M M E T, and my name is T E M M O R A. So it's actually the and and what it stands for is my arrow met your heart. So aromet. Oh, so I like I'm that. meeting the kids at the levels that they're on, and that's why the aromet. Um, and that's the whole philosophy behind the name. But they can go to aromet.com. They can um, like, share, follow me on Instagram, which mm-hmm. is where I'm mo- most active at, mm-hmm. which is at I am dot tomorrow. There are a lot of fake pages out here, but I just put myself publicly because Lifetime told me I need to. Right. Um, because usually I work behind the scenes, and now I have an Instagram where I actually promote myself. So it's at I am dot tomorrow, and my Facebook where I promote myself is Tamora Artist. Um, those are the places where I'm most active, and I do respond myself. There are a lot of people who say, let me do the responding for you, but no. I like to be a little more intimate. I, I don't tell. care if I get 60 million people, I'm still going to answer myself. It may take me a little longer to get to it, <laughs> but, but I don't will. ever want to be detached from the world. So, Got it. Um, well, you know, Miss T, this has been an absolute pleasure. I'm going to watch the entire season again on July 29th with my daughter, and I'm going to make sure that my friends and their friends and their friends are watching it as well so that we can get this amazing that. show renewed for season two. We're going to claim it in God's name. Miss T, We're thank you so much. It. Thank you so thank much for blessing you, the for space. Oh, I appreciate it. You continue to enjoy your day and continue to love <laughs> on these next artists. And I'm wishing karma continued success and also you and your marriage continue success as well. Thank you thank so much. You, thank you. Thank you. Blessings to you and your family and your team and your daughter and your loved ones. We send in all of that love and blessings and praises and, um, and all of that, sending it right back to you. Thank you. Enjoy your day and I'll talk to you soon. Okay, you too. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.